employees are just walking around on this cardboard while this raw sewage is all over the floor. And I said to him, I said, Darren, when I was an hourly employee, very young, they don't know that's raw sewage. They just think that the trains are backing up and they're just walking around in water. We're not told when we're kids working in a restaurant what that is. Everybody's got to eat, and nobody likes getting sick. That's why heroes toil in the shadows, keeping your food safe at all points, from the supply chain to the point of sale. Join industry veterans Francine L. Shaw and Matt Ragusi for a deep dive into food safety. It all boils down to one golden rule. Don't eat poop. Don't eat poop. Welcome back, everybody. Yeah, welcome back. What's going to happen is we're going to run out of interviews. <laughs> I know it's this hard part at Food Safety Consortium. We had so many great conversations with such amazing people. Thank you, Rick, for inviting us. And we're, looking, we're so excited about doing this again in Washington, D.C. this year, 2024. But there's a problem. We have so much content. We don't know exactly how to roll it in. So I think maybe next year after the Food Safety Consortium, we'll probably have to open up another time and run the interviews at a different time or something like that. I don't know. Because we're a weekly podcast, so maybe that might be a good idea because when we went really anticipating, we didn't know what to expect. We'd never done anything like that before. So we had no idea how many people we'd be interviewing. And we had such a good turnout that we ended up with a ton of interviews, which we're really grateful for. But now we're trying to fit those interviews in so that they all get aired. Which yeah, and there's 52 weeks in a year. Yes, and we recorded something like 20 interviews, and that right. was not what we thought. We literally, Francie and I, were calling people that we knew were going to be at the show. And we're like, "Hey, listen, we're going to need some people to interview because, like, Food Safety <laughs> Consortium is thinking that we're going to have this." booth going and can you please interview with us so we look like at least interviewed a few people and it would end up being 20 people we had zero <laughs> understanding of what this was going to turn out to be like so we're like please come talk to us at the consortium so we don't look like idiots we need somebody to come talk to us so we have people to interview because we don't want to be sitting there by ourselves and we literally had a line of people waiting to speak to us it was so cool and we were like just so grateful that it turned out like that. So yes, thank you to everybody that we So did we're trying interview. to revolve these interviews and in our daily show. And uh, I think we're almost done. But amazing interviews. Gosh, the one with Austin was amazing that just came out. We have the one with Tyler coming out. We have the one with Jose Hernandez from Wendy's coming out. And I guess you'll hear this before that. But yeah, it's in like four weeks of amazing interviews. It was a lot of interesting people, a lot of fascinating conversation, and so much fun. So much fun. Yeah, and it's great, too, that we can go back and refer those interviews as we do our shows, because so much of our current outlook of certain things have been either enhanced or have been altered based upon some of these interviews that we've done, just because we're experts in our lane. And we're a jack-of-all-trades, master of none in all the other lanes. And we can have amazing conversations of people who are masters in their lanes. And I don't know about you, but I've had both my, again, my views 
expanded and slightly altered through some of these. Right. Well, and I think it's good too that we didn't necessarily just talk shop, so to speak, with these individuals. We got to see some of the personal side of many of them because we talked about a lot of different things. And so many times in this world, we only get to see the professional aspect of everyone's personality. It's not often we get to see the human element of everybody. And we had a lot of that (laughs) human element. (laughs) No, it's true. We actually see human element expand in LinkedIn. Just the conversations that that we've had, conversations, quote unquote, the threads back and forth on LinkedIn have expanded significantly since some of these interviews. Well, just since the podcast started, we're starting to see a more realistic side of individuals, I think. And it's nice to see that. It's, yes, yes, LinkedIn is a professional site and and we get that. There's real life that happens as well, even in our professional world. And it's nice to see that open up. Yeah. And people start get that to conceptually, talk about. but we don't always live by it in practice on LinkedIn. <laughs> it's <laughs> professional network that we hijacked. In fact, I even said that poor Tori Muse has amazing content that she puts on LinkedIn. I just I love the stuff that she posts and it's some of it is so great. And I actually apologized to her the other day when Francine and I went and hijacked her post. Literally, she posted this thing within 20 minutes. You and I were bantering <laughs> back and forth on the threads, and a bunch of other people came in and started bantering back and forth on the threads. It probably was more influential post after you and I hijacked it, but it was good. It was great. <laughs> we had a lot of fun wherever we go. <laughs> Speaking of fun, Francine, you have a fun topic for us today. I do, I do. So I want to talk about alcohol based hand sanitizers and a lot of the misconception that is out there about alcohol-based hand sanitizers. Like you can drink it and it'll get you drunk. I think people have tried that, but it doesn't work exactly that way. (laughs) I think shortly after that, they... I haven't drank for a very long time now, but I don't think I ever got to the point of looking at hand sanitizer going, gee, I wonder if that could get me drunk. But I'm, there has to have been people that has been the case. Oh, that yes, there are. Yes. You were joking when you said that, but yes, that's, there are people that have been, I'm going to say hospitalized for, that are like, I guess going, I guess we'll call it withdrawals and that desperate for alcohol that they've drank. Yes, absolutely. Wow. Yes. Okay. Well, that was not the topic of this, but yeah, don't drink that. (laughs) Not good. No, do not. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, we did, went down that rabbit hole. <laughs> that brought things to a dead stop. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Luckily, I was never that desperate for alcohol. Addiction is yeah, a I, real thing. Yeah. Addiction is a real well, thing. Yes. You, we both know that from our. I definitely was looking for alcohol when I shouldn't have been looking for alcohol, but never in that. And this coming from somebody who has food safety, and uh, thanks to Francine, I have a whole entire. Purell is alcohol. All those things are alcohol-based mm-hmm. sanitizer, right? Absolutely. I yes. have like cartons of alcohol-based sanitizer, and luckily it was never to that point during COVID. But alcohol sanitizer became everywhere during COVID, and everyone thought that they should be doing alcohol-based sanitizers 
to get rid of COVID. Doing mean what meaning on their hands. Using it. Yes, yes. <laughs> Wiping it on their wow. hands, the alcohol-based. <laughs> After what you said, we have to clarify. In food safety, right, they say wash your hands, and then you can add hand sanitizer on top of it. But alcohol-based hand sanitizer is not going to be as effective as effectively washing your hands with antibacterial soap. Right. Absolutely, it's not. And there's this, again, misconception that, and I think it's gotten worse since the pandemic because during the pandemic, it was being thrown out there. Just if you're in a position where you don't have any water, use hand sanitizer. Just use the hand sanitizer. Don't, if you can't wash your hands, that's fine. Just use the hand sanitizer. So now everybody is on this bandwagon of, well, I'll just use hand sanitizer. And it it does not work like that. You have got to use soap and water, and then you can use the hand sanitizer as an extra precaution. We're at the end of what is called, called norovirus season, which starts in like October and ends, I believe, in March. And Hand sanitizer does not kill norovirus. And I think it's important, especially in the restaurant industry, food service industry, for people to understand that. You can't just slap some hand sanitizer on your hands and think that it's going to kill everything because it, again, is not effective in that manner. And I thought about this last week. I was at my daughter's house and we went out to eat national chain. We ordered, I went to to the restroom and I go to wash my hands and I have all this soap, this foamy soap all over my hands. And I didn't wet my hands first. I just went straight for the soap and I have it all over my hands. And I go to put my hands under the water and there is no water. Like I'm in there waving my soapy hands all doing that <laughs> dance that you do. And there's no water. So now I need to get out of the restroom because there's no water in there. There's another restroom. And I'm thinking I'll go in there and rinse my hands, finish washing them. And it's not an automatic door. So it's like, how do I get out of the bathroom? When wow. There's no automatic door. I've got soap all over my hands and I really just don't want to touch anything at this point. Trying to get out the door and then to get in the other door. And this is, and, and I'm so... I'm frustrated on multiple levels. I'm frustrated yes. that there's no water, frustrated that I can't get out of the bathroom, frustrated that this is a national brand that I know very well and speaks food safety culture just incessantly. And now I have to try to get into the other restroom and get the water. How does nobody know that this is a problem? And I walk out and there's hand sanitizer right outside the room door. And my first thought is, well, I guess they think because they have hand sanitizer, it's not a problem. It doesn't work like that. And so I go up to the counter then after I finish washing my hands in the other restroom. And I say to the girl behind the counter, so I just came out of the restroom and the first restroom on the left there, there's no water for anybody to wash their hands in there. The water doesn't work. And got a mm, response, like not even a, oh, I'm sorry, or, oh, we'll go take care of that. Any employee that used that restroom was not washing their hands. Right. So that's a problem. Her reaction was a problem. The way the dining room looked was a problem. I can keep going. but It was a problem. And 
These are things that we just need to fix in addition to the fact that people think that the hand sanitizer kills everything and it doesn't. And in addition, oftentimes when you work in food service, your hands get greasy. You've got that layer of of grease and the hand sanitizer does not work through that well, through that layer of grease that's on your hands. So you're essentially putting on your hands and just smearing everything all over the place. So anyway, that's why I wanted to talk about hand sanitizer because there's this false sense of security, just like there is with gloves. They put on single-use gloves, and this happened frequently this week as well. I don't know how many drive-thrus I went through and was waited on by individuals who were multitasking, and you can see through the window and see that they're doing other things, and then they're serving you, taking your money, your debit card, credit card, and continue to do what they're doing with the single-use gloves on. And again, it's just another false sense of security. And this is, I had a conversation with Karen Detweiler a couple days ago about employees don't know what they don't know. And what started that conversation was he had mentioned employees, I think he was in a facility where there was cardboard on the floor, the water was backed up. And employees are just walking around on this cardboard while this raw sewage is all over the floor. And I said to him, I said, Darren, when I was an hourly employee, very young, they don't know that's raw sewage. They just think that the trains are backing up and they're just walking around in water. We're not told when we're kids working in a restaurant what that is. You just think it's water on the floor. We were never told that is what was in the water. Now, as I got older, typically you associated it with, it was because the grease trap hadn't been pumped. Oftentimes managers would skip or delay the grease trap being pumped because they didn't want to spend the money because of their budgets. And that would cause the drains to back up and they would throw down cardboard on the floor and you'd be waiting around in this mess on the floor, not realizing that you were walking around in sewage. They don't know what they don't know. Right. All of this equates to training and education. Not sewage. That ultimately, because some, depending upon how the drains are, it could end up being not sewage, but it is gray water on that ground, at least. And that Okay, be- and I'm talking 40 years ago, it would, right, whatever right, right. was coming up then. It depends on, and it depends on the age of the building. It could be. It depends upon how, what drains are going where. What All of our water went into that tank. Going. Right. All of our water <laughs> went into that tank. It was. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. So again, if employees aren't taught, and again, especially retrained since the COVID pandemic, they're not knowing or understanding that. And maybe the managers don't know and understand yeah. that it's a possibility. One of the things that we had to, while we were doing audits as well, and, and putting together when I was writing standards for food safety was the reliance on hand sanitizer is actually not good for the skin. So if you're constantly applying hand sanitizer as your method of quote unquote, washing your hands. Okay. If this is, it's wrong, but if that's what you're doing, you're also not applying lotion to your hands. The chances of you drying your skin out and cracking your skin cracking, and now you have a bloodborne issue, right? You have band-aids or whatever 
on there, it increases the chances of a lot of issues if you're just applying hand alcohol-based hand sanitizer all day long, every single day. Well, and couple that with the fact that they're working in restaurants and the number of the amount of dishes that they use or wash. Right. Or food just, that they're prepping. That yeah. Um, yes. And people are like, well, they're wearing a glove if they're handling the food. And we've seen this, and I, I know you posted this on your LinkedIn post. I had a pretty good idea that this is what the conversation was going to be based upon what you posted earlier. <laughs> Those gloves break, right? And so if they're bleeding in that glove and that glove breaks, then there's a chance they're bleeding on your food. Yay. Disgusting. Or like people find Band-Aids and things all the time. Well, where do they... Where did that Band-Aid come from? Probably somebody's finger that was feeding you. More than likely. Yeah. And vomiting and diarrhea. For those that don't know what norovirus is, it's that Noroman. It's our- Noroman. You've got projectile vomiting and explosive diarrhea at the same time, which is yeah. not a fun time. 19 no. to 21 million cases of vomiting and diarrhea annually. That's yeah. huge. When you're sick and you have to make a decision of whether or not you're going to go into the shower to be sick or the toilet with a bowl or a trash can or something, that is not good. Those are not good places in your life when you're having to make those decisions. And those decisions are being made by people who have norovirus. My toilet is right beside my tub. So So you're like, man, I hope it is projectile. (laughs) I can hit it. (laughs) Oh, Lordy. Like the exorcism. Well, and I find this interesting too. So I read something that said, what's this gentleman's name? Yeah, are you talking about the guy who's, I don't want to say hawking, but definitely heavily promoting his version of hand sanitizer that's not. No, Neil Weisselman wrote this article and something. He said, I thought it said the water had to be to kill norovirus. I thought it said, I'll get this wrong. I thought it said the water had to be like 104 degrees to kill norovirus. As previously mentioned, killing norovirus, 140, dyslexic. 140. Requires 140 degrees. That's hot. Hot. Yeah. So just for reference for people who don't know, 200 degrees Fahrenheit for people who aren't in the United States. This is all in Fahrenheit. We have to do this because we have a lot of the United States. So this is 140 degrees Fahrenheit. 200 degrees Fahrenheit is boiling water. So it's very close to boiling water. 212. I was rounding. Sorry. Yeah, 212. Okay. So anyway, the FDA recently lowered the temperature for hand washing in restaurants for it it's as hot as you can comfortably stand is i believe what it says for restaurants but sink water has to be at least 85 degrees fahrenheit lukewarm yeah so what is the solution for neurovirus is it this other type of hand sanitizer that's not alcohol based well there are studies done saying that does kill norovirus now you can use it as an antimicrobial soap but it is not approved as a hand sanitizer so that's important to say it's not Ah. approved as a hand sanitizer but you can use it as an antimicrobial soap so it's really important to say that so washing your hands with soap and water drying them because driving is with paper towel is going to help remove some of that and then using a hand sanitizer of course using the like i said it's an antimicrobial soap so 
I just, I found that temperature thing interesting for the FDA and hand washing. I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that is. It's also important to mention that 3,000 people die every year as a result of foodborne illnesses. 3,000 people. One in six, there's what, 14 people in your house? It's guaranteed that two of you every year are going to get a foodborne illness. And when it happens to one, your whole family's just done because <laughs> it's so contagious. So you make you, my family safe. We're just going to because <laughs> Yeah. Your family's going to take the hit for us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Taking a hit for a lot of, for a lot of people. We're, we're yeah, the one. One in six. We're single-handedly trying to make social security work for the nation. Yeah. We need more people to be workers in the future. Yeah. With those odds, you're absolutely right. Like definitely. Yeah. So it'll probably come from my kid's school. Oh, isn't it awful when the kids first go back to school at the beginning of the year? They can be healthy all summer and then they go back to school at the beginning of the year and it's like, what just happened? Yeah. It is funny. We keep coming back to chlorine. That's basically hydrogen chlorine is this HOCL. Chlorine is used so much in food safety and it is such a powerful chemical. It's ubiquitous and it's and it just keeps working. It's like a workhorse of food. So what Neil wrote in this article is U.S. studies show that HOCL is effective against a wide variety of uses as in the human body. HOCL has been shown to inactivated envelope viruses in non-enveloped ones like norovirus. Yet it is also safe enough to be used in products such as wound care, eye care formulas, and for the U.S. Food and Drug Administration to approve it as non-rinse sanitizers for meat, poultry, fish, vegetables, and fruits. It is also an approved hand sanitizer in the United Kingdom and Europe, not in the U.S. So, anyway, Neil wrote that in an article that he had written back in October. Why is it not okay in the U.S.? And by the way, HOCL is a hypochlorous acid, which is like hydrogen chlorine, basically. Hydrogen oxygen chlorine. So it's the same type of stuff that's in that we use for everything. But this particular version of this chemical is not approved in the U.S.? I guess the U.S. just has not, for whatever reason, has not approved it. Their hand sanitizer. I can't answer why. I don't know why. Who is the guy who keeps pushing this on our LinkedIn pages? Okay, so I wouldn't say pushing it. Oh, I know, promoting it. <laughs> But he's doing an effective job because I'm. I keep looking at it, and so it is. Sorry, guys. Um, so, <laughs> listen, we get bombarded with stuff on LinkedIn, and so that's actually a good thing. But I don't mean it to be disrespectful in a negative tone. That tends to be my language. Is you guys have been listening to me for a long time? I'm like a Californian Boston guy. So his name is Morton Larson. <laughs> Morton Larson, he keeps yeah. promoting this on LinkedIn, and yeah, it's interesting. And I don't understand what the issue is. And I don't Morton get it. owns a company called Ecolox Tech, and so yes, he owns a company called Ecolox Tech. And I actually had reached out to Hal too, Hal King, too, to see what his thoughts were. And it turns out that Hal had actually written an article about it back in 2016 about its effectiveness is product for a kill step in produce. So I'm just shocked. I don't understand why and how we got here from alcohol-based hand sanitizer. I'm not well, sure. I think we got but, here in my brain. Um, I got here because I realized what is the solution? What is the best solution out there for norovirus? Because that, that, 
that bugger is hard to kill. That right. It's in same with COVID. It's, whenever you start getting into virus territory, they're very difficult to kill. And it also, Pathogens not as difficult to kill as it's effective for COVID as well. So anyway, and why aren't we using it? Why aren't we using it? More people using it for produce. And that's where I, when I started talking to Morton and he reached out to me, by the way. And when I started researching this product and calling people and talking to people about this product, my first thought is why aren't people using this? I don't understand why more people aren't using the product when it's so effective with all the research and all the studies that have been done. And there are a ton. His website has like over 300 studies, 350 studies that have been done on this product Wow! and it's effectiveness and the safety. And I just, I don't understand why more companies aren't using it. I don't know, but this brings you back to, I remember watching a thing with this guy who, one of the founders of Greenpeace, I think, something like that, was they tried to ban chlorine. He's a chemist. They tried to ban chlorine from, you know, saying, well, we need to get rid of chlorine. He was like, you can't get rid of chlorine. It's ubiquitous. It's everywhere. We need it. So I wonder if there's more of some sort of weird political thing that may be towards making it difficult to get rid of chlorine or add more products of chlorine. It's also chemical companies aren't going to promote it because it's super inexpensive. Like it's, Ah. it's super inexpensive. So the profit margins are minute. It is super inexpensive. Wow. So, okay. We need to have this. We need to have Morton. Morton's the guy's name. We need to have Morton on this show to discuss this further because there's so many products that I think should be on the market that would help save lives that just aren't for some weird reasons. And I don't understand it. And it'd be great to have him on board to understand it and to have our audience go, wow. Okay. Yeah. I can go do my own research on this and find out if this should be here and and maybe gets pushed. I know a bunch of small chemical companies that are around, not just for pure profit. There's a lot of money in chemicals, but they're food safety companies that also sell chemicals or they're chemical companies that are also food safety. So I wonder if they would sell it, if there's a market for it, even if it wasn't huge. Because a lot of times the chemical world of it is, if I'm buying this chemical from you, I will buy other chemicals from you. And if this is a lost leader that goes in and saves people's lives, and then you're able to sell the other chemicals, like, I just don't understand. Even more than chemical companies, produce companies should be all over this. Yeah, Antelope, hello. (laughs) Man, it's like once every decade, there's a massive cantaloupe outbreak and it's just, it's just terrible. It's just huge. It's crazy. So probably now for the rest of my life, every time I look at a cantaloupe, because now at this point, twice in my lifetime, there've been really bad, at least twice in my lifetime, there have been really bad outbreaks. I can't buy a bag of mixed greens without thinking about death. Yeah. And I'm laughing, but it's not funny. Yeah. You're looking at death. When you see a bag salad, do you see skull and crossbones on the side of it or something like that? What did Tracy? What about Tra- your wife, Tracy? I say your wife because not yeah. everybody knows who Tracy is. She's the same way. Yeah. My God, we both had to exit the produce aisle. I know. I know. And it, again, it goes to white noise, right? I worked with a lot of the companies that make these bag salads. So I understand what their facilities are like. 
And so I buy them. I've been buying it forever, even though the risk is higher, but the risk is higher just because of a lot of things. It's just tons of volume is coming out and it's just, there's a lot of risk to it. So I've been buying it, but yeah, like you're referring back to my wife's panic attack after watching Poisoned, going into the grocery store and literally being like, I can't buy it. And okay, fine. We won't buy it anymore. We'll buy the regular whole lettuce and cut it up. It's not that big of a deal. That, that poison had a massive effect on even our family, which has been around it forever. It's crazy. Right. Well, and we live, eat, and breathe and talk this regularly, but it still had an impact. Yeah. So, and talk about risk. It's more risky to get in your car than it is a plane, but we still get in our car and drive a car every day. So, the yeah. correlation between the, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, and I fly all the time. Yeah, it's been a while, Francine. Like you said, it's like you you posted on when we hijacked Corey's poor post, and you're like, yeah, obviously (laughs) we haven't done this in a while, so we needed to get it out. Okay, well, what's next? I literally don't even know because she told me she would. Oh, I haven't. So that post that I sent to you and Jonathan with the guy that was, how long is it going to take me to get sick? He was eating the raw chicken and (laughs) drinking the egg yolks. What is that? How long is it going to take me to get sick? Oh, so I'm just going to sit here and eat Lordy. raw chicken breast and drink egg yolk? Okay, okay. So context. This guy on TikTok puts his new diet that he has on there, which I'm pretty sure is the foodborne illness diarrhea diet. I don't know. But his diet consists of raw chicken and raw eggs. Is what this guy's diet was. And he was, he post day two, not sick yet. So I'm just going to keep doing it, which means he literally has zero clue about how salmonella <laughs> works. Usually don't get sick from salmonella the within 24, 48 hours. It takes a few days for you to get sick from salmonella. So I'm sure there was a great incubating period going on in that guy's stomach. Oh my heavens. I, I can just see more that. TikTok videos. So. So I, it takes, I don't like react to things a lot because I've seen so much, but to see him sit there and take a bite of that raw chicken and oh, the facials are happening. Uh, they totally day. are. I, oh my heavens. Just knowing. And the thing is, it's okay. So you moron, when you do get sick, it might be a little bit more than just vomiting and diarrhea. This can affect you for the rest of your life. He was a pretty young, fit dude. So the chances of him. But it could. It I'm could. Saying it will. It could. The it possibility could. is there. The possibility is there. It does not affect everybody the same way, but it could. And he looks like he's young and fit. He might have an underlying condition he doesn't know about. Well, he definitely has an underlying condition that we all understand. Well, yeah, he's an idiot. I was just going to leave it out there in the ether for our audience to figure out on their own. But no, thanks for clarifying that, Francine. He's an idiot. (laughs) My wife is a nurse and she has a cup that says, you can't fix stupid, but you can medicate it. (laughs) I want one of those. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Next podcast, I'll have to drink with that cup, my coffee through that cup. But yeah, that guy, not the sharpest tool in the shed, not the brightest Crayola in the box. There's a lot of things that were made on this guy. But in terms of what goes back to what we talk about, it depends on how much salmonella this guy consumes. 
And it depends on how good his metabolism is. And not metabolism. I guess metabolism probably takes into account too. How good good his white blood cells are fighting off those salmonella. Assuming he has zero underlying issues, he might he probably will get sick at some point in time. He probably will end up getting salmonella. But chances of him dying from it are pretty slim. But chances of him losing weight, I don't think he was doing this to lose weight either. You don't eat raw chicken and as fit as that guy was, I'm sure he was doing this in order to build muscle. He was doing it for TikTok views. I think he was doing it for TikTok views. But like my boys <laughs> go on some pretty crazy diets. And I remember doing this in high school and college too. Crazy, pretty crazy diets in order to build muscle and, and hit those things. If your goal is to do that, eating raw eggs and raw chicken is going to be counterproductive. Because if you're losing weight, because it's coming out of both ends, you need water, hydration to build muscle. And that's not happening when you're dehydrating yourself through foodborne illness. Yay. So crazy. Some mustard or something. No, it was just raw. I said he could have. Nah. Balsamic. If he was doing it for views, why would you? Well, actually, it probably would have gotten more views. Like slather it with barbecue sauce. Maybe get some more Southern views, Midwestern views. I don't know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I remember you sending that though. And it was through a text thread with Jonathan, but I could actually see the look on your face while you were sending me text. <laughs> you can probably see the look on my face for a lot of stuff that goes through that thread. <laughs> Just uh, saying, and I'm going to leave that at that. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I think we've done it. And on that note, don't eat poop. Don't eat poop. <laughs>